0: Welcome to International Podcast Month, or IPM. IPM 2020 is brought to you by the organizational team Anne, Cole, Tess, and Theron. A very special thank you to all of our participants, without whom this event wouldn't be possible. And now, on to the episode. Hey there, I'm Tracy. And I'm Robin. And we host Not Joe
1: Anna Eggs, an animation review podcast.
2: Join us as we discuss underrated animated movies, lesser-known anime films, and oddball TV shows. In the past, we've done
1: Infinity Train, Napping Princess, Bojack Horseman, Akira, and many more.
2: We update every other week, wherever you get your podcast, Not, Not and eggs, eggs, because, because animation, animation is for hard. everyone.
3: You wake up startled in the middle of the night, convinced that there's something out there in the darkness. Your brain tells you that there's nothing to be afraid of. Unfortunately, your brain is dead wrong. If you love the mix of horror, mystery, and comedy in shows like Buffy, Ash vs. the Evil Dead, or Supernatural, you'll feel right at home on The Crit Show, a Monster of the Week actual play podcast where the players, playing as themselves, are tasked with being the last line of defense from the forces of evil that go bump in the night. You can find The Crit Show at thecritshowpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: It's more like she's going to cut in front of you in the lunch line (laughs) and pretend nothing happened.
4: (laughs) Writing Alchemy is a storytelling podcast that centers intersectional characters, including a fairy tale series that combines humor and magic with serious topics, and a tabletop role-playing series about the adventures of disabled and mentally diverse heroes check out Writing Alchemy at writingalchemy.net or subscribe on Stitcher, iTunes, or Google Play. Hello and welcome to the Magic Goes Awry one-shot of International Podcast Month uh, 2020. And um, yeah, so this game is uh, using the game system Magic Goes Awry, which is basically a game system that aims to capture the detailed character creation that's awesome about D&D with a lot less things to keep track of and kind of a more comedic, um, humorous gameplay. And um, uh, the basic scenario we're working with is that all of these characters are um, junior investigative reporters at the Crossroads Observer. Um, which is an important newspaper in the land of Crossroads. And uh, we're just going to go around and introduce the- ourselves. So I'm Phaeonyx. uh, I use Z here pronouns. And I'm the Game Master, so I'm playing the world. Um, and my favorite plant is kind of pretty much culinary herbs, Um, so like rosemary, thyme, and oregano. I'm kind of cheating by giving three, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, basically, um, they smell amazing and you can eat them and they make food taste amazing. So that's my favorite plants. Um,
1: Mads, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. So I am Mads Upton. I use they, them pronouns. And my favorite plant is the passion fruit vine, Mm. because passion fruits are my favorite fruit. And um, also the flowers are really cool, but also really weird. Yeah. (laughs) And I like that about them. (laughs) So I will be playing um, Bob the Blob, uh, who also goes by Mm -hmm. Bobby. Um, They are a slime person uh, who uses they them pronouns, and they are a druid. Uh, They spent a lot of time, kind of just wandering around, following people for fun. And uh, one day, they followed around a journalist uh, who was like, "Hey, you can you can squeeze into that hole, right? Would you go in there and tell me what's happening?" And and they just kept doing it. (laughs) That was awesome. Um, And Robin, uh,
4: can you introduce yourself and share character?
2: So, I'm Robin. Uh, I use they, them pronouns. Uh, my favorite plant, I'm going to go with uh, the grapevine, because grapes are my favorite fruit, and also they're used to make wine, which I enjoy. So, uh, that's my logic there. <laughs> um, and then um, I am playing Nico, uh, the parrot folk rogue. Uh, he is a handsome little fellow. Uh <laughs> who um, got into investigative journalism because he got very angry with um, poachers sort of causing damage to his home. And so he's gotten into investigative journalism as a way of not only undermining what they're doing, but also exposing what they're doing so that he can let everyone know and hopefully push them out of his home.
4: Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, Rev, uh, can you introduce yourself?
3: Yeah, and I'm Rev, and I use he/him pronouns. Um, And I feel like I'm kind of cheating on my plant because I want to (laughs) say it's the weeping willow, even though I know that's a tree. But Mm -hmm. when we got this question, all I could keep all I kept thinking about was weeping willow trees because I had them near our house growing up. Mm. Um, And so, it's a great plant. I just remember swinging on them a bunch as a kid, and I thought, man, this is the thing that keeps coming to my head. Uh, it's te- Scientifically, I'm kind of cheating. Oh,
4: it's fine. <laughs> I already cheated. I cheated first. Count.
3: <laughs> um, and I'm playing Aerie, um, and they use they, them pronouns, and Aerie is a magical machine. They are a living statue um, of a, a former hero, Arianitis. Uh, and they got into investigative journalism because when they were animated, they took up the job that Arianitis had before, which was roaming up and down this border between uh, a couple of towns and one of the danger areas where um, undead roamed. Mm -hmm. But after a while, that threat went away. Yeah, And when the threat went away, people just started coming to them for help. And they would just take people at their word and help them and then realized, oh, I'm not always getting both sides of the story. Sometimes I'm doing things that aren't really what I should be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then that got them into Um, Just real minor investigation to make sure they were doing the right thing. And then it kind of led into a, a passion for knowledge.
4: Awesome. Okay. So as we start, it is just before dawn and each of you has been roused by an urgent messenger telling you to come into the Crossroads Observer office at once. You all arrive to a building that has been completely trashed, drawers have been pulled out and dumped, wooden furniture has been broken into pieces, fabric is ripped, papers are everywhere, and all of the lighting fixtures have been smashed. It looks like someone was searching for something. The other Observer employees are there doing their best to salvage what they can from the devastation. However, the three of you only have a moment to take everything in before someone grabs you and ushers you into the supply room, which has been turned into a makeshift office at this point. There, Alora Veracity, the lead reporter of The Observer, sits at a salvage desk, writing with furious intensity. Alora is a four foot tall dwarven woman with brown skin that has warm undertones, She's wearing a simple dark red sari, and her black hair is pulled back into a thick braid. As the three of you enter the room, she looks up and immediately sets her writing aside. Her eyes are filled with an overwhelming clarity of purpose. She gestures to three hastily repaired chairs and says, "'Thank you for coming in early. Please sit down. I have an important matter to discuss with you.'" So, what do each of you do?
1: Um, since it was such an early morning call, uh, Bob the Blob has not assumed a human shape and is in blob form and kind of just, um, doesn't really sit on the chair so much as covers it in, in their slime. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
2: Uh, Nico will hop into the chair and sit. On it.
4: So you're just Looking kind of kind of standing on it then as a, a parrot person?
2: Yep, exactly. Which is probably a bit <laughs> odd because parrot folk are, I think as you described, like five feet tall. Yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> just a very large parrot.
2: <laughs> Super big parrot <laughs>
4: standing on a chair. Yeah,
3: and Aerie goes over to the other seat and sits down.
4: Awesome. Okay, uh, is the... How heavy is Aerie? Is this kind of like a strain for the barely repaired chair?
3: (laughs) Yes, like the chair kind of creaks and groans um, under Aerie's bronze weight.
4: Awesome. Okay, so Laura starts the briefing. As some of you might know, the Steward family is a wealthy merchant family that is a prominent maker of magical components and items. We have long suspected that the stewards are involved in multiple unethical business activities, including making misleading promises, diluting magical ingredients, and buying illegally harvested plants. The Crossroads Observer has been investigating the stewards for nearly a decade. However, they are good at hiding and explaining away their misdeeds. But it seems that they have finally slipped up. Alora holds up a fist-sized white sphere that glows with a flickering light. The three of you recognize this as a lampstone which is a common moderately priced magical item that is used for illumination. Okay, so how are the three of you reacting to this so far?
2: Uh, Nico at the mention of illegally harvest plants, um his eyes kind of flash and he tilts his head like a curious bird.
4: Awesome.
3: Aery is taken in by the the light stone, just simple magical items are always fascinating to them.
1: Mhm. I think Bob is kind of just confused and is like, hmm, Okay. Kind of yep. looks like my lamp. <laughs> Doesn't usually flicker. Yeah, that's
4: abnormal. So Alora sets the lampstone on the desk and continues. Three months ago, a batch of 30 lampstones was created in a workshop run by the Steward family. Their lampstones have always been cheap, but less reliable than other lampstones. However, something specific was done in this batch, which makes it more extreme. Several of them have developed striking magical irregularities. One of them exploded, injuring five people, and the Steward family started tracking down and collecting these lampstones. But we were able to get to one of them first. The representatives of the Steward family claim that the binding magic used in creating this batch went awry and created a hidden magical side effect. However, Our own magical analysis has conclusively determined that there is nothing wrong with the binding magic on this lampstone, nor is there anything wrong with the alchemical components or processing. This means that the only thing that it could be is the glowing stone cactus extract, which is the most essential and most expensive ingredient in lampstones. And considering that there are problems with the illegal harvesting of the wild relative of the glowing stone cactus, which is the flashing stone cactus, this could be it. This could be the evidence we need to prove that the stewards are buying illegally harvested plants.
3: Laura, allora, may I ask, is it likely that that in your hand will explode?
4: Well, the main thing is to not get it wet. Um, But it is a possibility, yes.
3: Oh, that is not a simple task. Many light stones seem to be outside for nighttime and it rains at night or gets at least moist or damp.
4: It is a significant safety hazard indeed. And one more piece of evidence, if we can prove it, that they are being irresponsible, not only by buying illegally harvested plants, but by creating, knowingly creating a more dangerous lampstone that is a safety hazard.
1: Um, At the mention that it explodes when it gets wet, Bob definitely scoots back a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, I think... Because they're they're not exactly water, but, like, they're wet. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) I think uh, Nico hops off the chair and is now standing behind it.
4: (laughs) Awesome. So, Allura continues... Juniper Huckleberry is a prominent magical plants expert who was involved in the breeding of the glowing stone cactus for lampstone production 50 years ago. Her research is famous, and her words carry a lot of weight. Juniper is the perfect person to help us with this, and she has agreed to analyze this lampstone. Unfortunately, Juniper is also a recluse who lives in a massive research garden full of dangerous plants and anti-poacher protections. She's impossible to contact on short notice, but the stewards are desperate to get this lampstone back. And as you can see from the state of our office, they know that we have it. So. We need both a distraction for the Stewards, and we need a team of people to take this lampstone to Juniper. I will distract the Stewards agents with a decoy. Meanwhile, I want the three of you to take this lampstone, go into Juniper's garden, find her without causing too much havoc, and give her any help that she needs to get her analysis done as quickly as possible. I'm going to give you one potion that heals plants just in case you run into problems with one of her more dangerous specimens. Um, so here's the potion and yeah, just don't get it wet. You should be fine. It shouldn't explode unless you get it wet. Any other questions?
3: I think that Ari is looking Nico and Bob <laughs> Bob may I ask are you technically wet
1: um yes I I come from a lake so
3: yes I had thought as much I believe that means it is between you and myself Nico as to who is to carry this
2: oh I actually have a uh, a bag here that might help um, and Nico will pull out his uh enchanted bag.
3: Oh, wonderful. It's bigger than it looks.
1: I can I can carry other things that don't explode when they get wet. So uh Alora hands the um,
4: lampstone over to Nico and um who who picks up the potion of plant healing?
3: I think hearing Bob. Having said that that they could carry other things that didn't explode when wet, Nico would pick up the potion and hand it to Bob.
1: Awesome. Yep, Jessica goes right on in and floats within me. Perfect.
4: Um, Do your characters have any other questions for the moment, or do we want to just cut to 10 minutes from then and um, get you all teleported?
3: Laura, may I ask, what does the doctor look like?
4: Ah, Juniper. Yes, she's she's a gnome. Oh, she, she almost always has some sort of large piece of magical plant technology. She, it's, it's regularly different, so I can't tell you which one she'll be using today. But, yeah, two-foot-tall gnome, dark skin, curly hair. I don't think there's that many people in her research garden. I think she's the only gnome.
1: It's hard to tell. They don't come out very often. Sweet. I, I don't have any questions. Um Bob is mostly like we're going to an interesting garden where weird things can happen. I'm good. I'm ready to go. Awesome.
2: Yeah. Nico is just excited to he's very intent on exposing what the stewards are doing, so.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Alright, so the Observer does have a on-staff teleporter person, and um, his name is Umar Ramsey, and so he is going to teleport the three of you, so basically what he does is he's going to first use a thing of magic to make himself invisible, and then he has you all hold hands in a circle, and... He's such a good teleporter that he actually got an outstanding success on this. And, um, and he actually gets you to right exactly outside of Juniper's Garden. So here's what the three of you see. The three of you arrive at the entrance to an enormous magical dome that is over a mile wide. Its kaleidoscopic surface makes it impossible to see what's inside, but you can tell that there are many different shades of green. Directly in front of you is the shimmering portal that lets people into the dome. Just to the right of that portal is a weather-beaten mailbox that is overflowing with letters. So at this point, your teleporter friend, who's invisible, is just going to go kind of around the corner so that they're... Ready to teleport you out as soon as you've completed your mission, but staying out of sight in case um, anyone comes by, especially someone who's working for the stewards. What do the three of you do?
2: So it's a giant, it's like a giant greenhouse, basically, right?
4: Yeah. A massive, over a mile wide circular greenhouse.
2: Oh my gosh. Uh... (laughs) Where's the door?
4: <laughs> yeah, so that's the portal that goes in. It's basically, um, it's like a magic surface, very much like what you say is a greenhouse. So it keeps things that are in, in, and things that are out, out. So there's one little portal that goes in that's directly in front of you. And it has kind of like this sort of shimmering magical membrane over it. And that membrane basically, again, it's it's to keep, you know, plant seeds and spores and stuff that are inside inside and that are outside outside. So it's kind of like it's not it's the one thing that's not kaleidoscopic, but it's just kind of like a shimmering membrane that's kind of like a just a large door-shaped little membrane portion of it.
3: Airy walks over to the overstuffed mailbox. <laughs> this is very strange. I find that most check this at least once every couple of days, and. They'll look inside the box um, just to see how much stuff is is crammed inside.
4: Well, there's actually so much stuff crammed inside that the small amount of air current that happens just from you looking causes several letters to fall out onto the ground. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh, boy.
3: (laughs) Do you think that we should take this in with us?
2: Uh, Nico immediately starts (laughs) going, like, pulling mail out and looking at it.
4: Um. Yeah, there's all sorts of stuff in here.
1: Bob is going to just look at it and be like, do do we have enough room to carry all of that mail inside?
2: <laughs> Can I put that mail in my magic bag? Oh, yeah. With the orb? Good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then I will do that.
4: It's You know, you keep pulling out, and you, you're really impressed that whoever put this mail into this mailbox... Actually, got as much mail into it as they did.
2: <laughs> does it does it feel like I'm pulling mail from one endless receptacle to another?
4: It's not endless, no, but it is <laughs> it is larger on the inside than you might otherwise think. Um, and it's a lot. It's just all sorts of things. Um, some fairly prestigious institutions are mentioned um, on some of the envelopes you get, like. All sorts of people asking for, who knows, trying to invite her to something, asking her for favors, but just a lot of different plant-related groups, as well as workshops that make magical items, just all sorts of stuff.
3: As we get closer to the end of this stream (laughs) of mail, I want to check and see if there's like a date on anything to see if we can see how long it's been since they've checked their mail.
4: Yeah, so... um, if you were glancing at that, uh it definitely looks like this is at least 2 weeks worth of mail.
3: Oh my. And I'll I'll hold it up so that the other two can see. That's a very long time to stay inside of a dome, I would think.
1: That is very odd. I wonder what they're doing in there.
2: Maybe they're not a fan of the postal system and this is their strange way of protesting it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know it's a possibility. Should we go inside now?
2: Yes, let's do that.
1: Um I'll I'll go first since um Ari and Nico were at the mailbox and I didn't wander that close. Um so I'll I'll start heading for the door.
4: Awesome. Uh do the the other two of you follow close behind?
3: Yeah, and I think just because of that idea that they haven't been outside in two weeks. Um, I'm actually going to take the bow off of my back and, and have an arrow in one hand just on the chance that there's something amiss going, going on inside.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I'm
2: probably the last to go in because I'm making sure that I've gotten all the mail.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> all right. Um, so once you go through the portal you um, come through on the other side and you're inside a hedge tunnel and that tunnel turns first left then right and then left again and then it opens up into a circular courtyard surrounded by hedge walls that grow all the way up to the dome above in the center of the courtyard is a large tree with irregular spreading branches Behind the tree, on the opposite side of the courtyard from you, is a doorway in the hedge wall that leads further into the garden.
2: So you said the uh, the hedge walls grow up to the top of the dome?
4: A- around this this courtyard, they do absolutely.
2: Okay. Um, Nico, the parrot folk, would still like to uh, get up into the air and kind of fly around this courtyard.
4: Okay. Just to take a look around. Awesome. Well, as soon as you start flying, um, what happens is the tree starts to move. So... Nah. (laughs) First, slowly, um, the branches start to stretch backwards. And then with a sudden swoosh, um, it... Um, basically flings forward and several uh, nuts go flying through the air at you and I'm going to need you to roll your physical defense.
2: Oh no! Uh, what do I, So what am I rolling here?
3: Would I be able to help out with this?
4: I'm going to say you won't be able to help for this specific one because Nico's in the air away from you, but you could potentially take an action that would be helpful after this happens.
3: Okay, yeah, because what I was thinking is that I've already got my bow and arrow out, and I'm skilled in trick archery, so I thought shooting the acorns out of the air as they flew towards him might be beneficial.
4: Oh, yeah, um... Well, you know what? You do have a few seconds. So, yeah. Um, why don't you go ahead and roll your roll to see if you can do any of that. And if you are successful, then Nico will get an additional die to dodging.
3: Okay. Okay, so let's make sure I... So my ranged combat, mm-hmm. I get one. Yep. I get one for effort.
4: Absolutely. One for effort, one for being trained.
3: Um, I do have a... I, I don't know if this counts. I have a, My third ability is specialized weapon and it is Magically Infused, and the other one is it Breaks Stone.
4: You won't need that for this specific one, but you certainly could use it um, in other situations.
3: Okay, cool. Uh, So that is two successes.
4: Awesome. So, yeah, that arrow takes... um, I think, actually, since you got a full success, I'm going to say that you're able to take out... Uh, all of the walnuts that are flying towards Nico. So um yeah. Congratulations. Um Nico has <laughs> okay. been for the moment defended. Um what's Nico doing?
2: Uh upon realizing what just happened, uh first when the walnuts or the acorns, sorry, uh fly at Nico. But they're
4: they're wal- they are walnuts actually.
2: Oh, okay. Uh when they fly at him, his immediate response is to squawk in fear. And then um, once he once the arrows hit the walnuts, he looks down and then looks back at the tree and goes, maybe I won't risk this and decides to land.
4: OK, <laughs> so where is Nico landing?
2: Uh, probably like maybe five or ten feet uh, in front of his friends.
4: Okay, so you're, you're landed just very close to where everyone else is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and what is Bob the Blob doing? Bob the Blob um, is very familiar with nature mm-hmm. and natural things, being oh. a druid as they are. Absolutely. Um, and so I would like to try and get a read on that tree. Absolutely. <laughs> and see if I know anything about it.
4: Absolutely. Um, so that would be your nature knowledge. Um, and I'm going to say I know you have several abilities that are that enhance your capacity when your character is in a familiar environment or familiar nature zone. Um, this yes. would not count for that at this point because it's basically okay, kind of cool. like a manicured garden at this point.
1: Yeah, it's not it's not something I yeah. I get you. <laughs> so
4: unless you have some other special ability that you want to add to things, that would be
1: um, two die, two dice. Let's see. I have sensing magic.
4: That would be so. That would be something you'd be doing instead of Mm, using the nature skill. So yeah, that's the one thing about the abilities is some abilities enhance skills and some are kind of like, they allow you to do something that is outside of what skills do.
1: Okay, then I'm cool just taking the two dice. um, Okay. I think think everything else would just be instead of... Yeah. Oh, that's one success, one fail.
4: Okay, so a single success is a partial success. So... You've, you've seen these before they're called catapult walnuts <laughs> uh, and um, in the fall they become extremely dangerous because they basically attack any animals that come near them um, this is both a method of, of spreading their uh, nuts out farther than if they just fell and also deterring any animals that would want to eat their nuts so um, there's no other magical properties to them. It's just a projectile, which is large uh, large enough to be um, potentially cause an injury if it hits the wrong place. But Ooh, okay. um, there's no uh, additional things to worry about with these.
1: Okay, and. Am I correct in thinking that we are currently in fall when they're the most dangerous?
4: Yeah, like, yeah, I would say okay. kind of late summer, early fall. Yep, definitely.
1: Okay. Um, so that there tree uh, is very dangerous and will throw its nuts at animals who approach it. So we might want to think about getting around it maybe somehow giving it some room
2: Nico gasps I'm an animal uh. <laughs> we should avoid this tree
3: yes Nico are, are you alright
2: yes thank you for hitting those arrows I uh, I was not expecting that
3: yes I honestly wasn't either that's not what I expected if there was a threat but well I'm, I'm glad that we I'm glad that you didn't get hit how much room is between, like, the walls, the the shrub walls, and the tree in the middle?
4: Well, it's thirty feet across, and it's a pretty big tree, so not as much as you'd like.
3: <laughs>
4: um, <laughs> there's room to go around it, but it does kind of seem like this this was a planned situation here. There is not an easy path around.
3: Yes, I think that if we want to try to get around it, it might just be a matter of. The good old one, two, three, everybody scatter. <laughs>
1: uh, since we're going to be going for a speed approach, um, Bob is going to transform uh, from their blob state into uh, a humanoid state. Um, and so now they look kind of like a halfling, but they're still blue, and they don't have any like actual features They're just halfling-shaped now.
4: <laughs> awesome. Okay, so it sounds like everyone's just going to dart past it as fast as possible. Yep.
3: Yeah, I think so.
2: Sounds like, however, I would like to, despite what just happened, fly because I am a, I'm a bird and hence more apt to fly than to walk or run.
4: Have you ever seen parrots walk?
2: Uh, they look hilarious
4: it's a waddle and
2: adorable Yeah, it is a
4: waddle you are definitely going to be faster flying yeah
2: yeah so that's my plan
4: awesome okay so in that case you're all independently trying to get past it so I'm going to need all of you to roll your physical defense
1: okay Is this just going to be
4: one die each, or uh, two die because you are trained okay, in your fa- favored form of physical defense? Okay,
2: cool. I got. Uh, cool. You're trying to roll below your body in this instance, right?
4: Yeah, yeah. It's always it's all always lower numbers are better.
2: <laughs> oh, uh, how fortuitous for me who rolls low. <laughs> <laughs> I got two successes.
4: Awesome. So that's Nico. Um. F- now that you know what to expect darts over top flying super fast you kind of see the branches stretch back but now that you've seen it happen once you know exactly what to pre- predict and you're able to avoid it and you whew, zoom out that little door on the other side
2: sweet
3: so I, what I'm thinking is I would try to to run by And having seen how it moves now, watching it lean back and forth to throw um, the walnuts at Nico, um, that I would wait until it was, you know, Nico has just flown by. um, So my hope is that its focus will, you know, be someplace else. And I'll actually use one of its lower branches to swing off of to get close to it, which it may not be expecting if everything's going far around.
0: Okay,
4: so why don't you do a quick perception roll? Um, first, and we'll see how effective that is. And if it is effective, then it'll give you a um, make you prepared. Okay. Uh,
3: That is one success.
4: Okay, so that's a partial success. So, okay, so what I'm going to say is um, this is good enough to get you prepared um, in terms of when you run past it but in doing this you're not going to have any ability to look at what you're about to run into because you're focusing on the tree yeah okay awesome so go ahead and roll um i guess your physical defense to get past it real fast but you get that die for being prepared so it's three okay
3: That is two successes.
4: Awesome. So you perfectly get past this thing. Um, But again, you have no idea what you're about to run into. So we'll deal with that in just a moment. Um, (laughs) All right, Bob the Blob.
1: I rolled two successes. Oh, Um, awesome. So Bob is kind of just like, "Mm, don't feel like finding out if I count as an animal today. And just like, (laughs) Hugs the hedge and runs past it. (laughs) All right. Well, um, I believe
4: Bob also is a dodger. Um, Yes. uh, So, yeah, so Bob, again, manages to dodge this. You're all going at the same time. Works out great. Um, Okay, so all of you emerge into a grove of fruit trees. And um, I'm going to need specifically Eerie to... um, I kind of think, um let's have you roll mobility and see if you're able to avoid the almost instantaneous tree trunks that are right in front of you.
3: Okay. <laughs> uh two successes.
4: Okay. Well, somehow
3: <laughs> Finally a world where rolling low is okay.
4: <laughs> um, somehow, despite having be going so fast that you completely can't like dodge anything effectively um your your, pra- your practice at different mobility um training things um allows you to slightly adjust your course not hit any of the tree trunks but you are now in the middle of this grove of fruit trees there's a carefully maintained path that goes through the center of this grove that kind of gently weaves around the tree trunks. And um, looking around, you can get glimpses of an enormous garden around you. The garden is divided up into sections, each with different types of plants in them. And uh, if you look up, you can see flocks of these darting gray-purple kind of bat-like shapes high above. Um, yeah.
3: I think upon seeing those, I, I duck down and just get close to the ground and, and wait.
2: Um, I don't have any knowledges, but I'm just kind of curiously looking at these uh, shapes that are flying around. Sure. I assume they're at a higher altitude than I am.
4: Oh, yeah. They're way up there. The, the orchard you're uh, in fruit trees tend to be shorter, but um, there's a lot of very tall trees farther into the garden, and these shapes are smaller shapes that seem to be up in the, uh, just up in the top branches of those tall trees.
2: Okay. Uh, Nico's going to fly to the nearest, uh, fruit tree and land on one of the sturdier looking branches and just kind of wait and look around.
4: Yeah. Well, from up there, Nico gets a, a little bit more of a clear view, of um, Yeah, there's just a lot of very different sections in the garden. You can also see some sections where the same sort of hedge that you um, already encountered in the entrance, there seem to be like little arcs or walls of it that seem like they're separating different parts of the garden from each other. Mm. So um, are the three of you kind of moving forward a
1: bit? If, if I could take a moment... Um, I want to look around and see if I can tell if someone has been here recently. Like, oh. we know that um, the mail hasn't been checked for two weeks, and Bob would like to do a quick scan to see, like, if everything around here also looks like, um, like no one's been through in two weeks. Sure. Uh, the standard skill for kind of looking
4: for, like, tracks would be your survival skill. Oh, sweet. I have that. Awesome. So uh, you're still in a fruit tree grove at this point, so that's would still just be at this point two die, dice, two dice.
1: Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's since there's so many different options of where we could go, Bob's kind of like, hmm. Let's see if maybe this will give us a direction. Sure two successes. Oh, awesome.
4: Well, it seems like uh, what you've seen is there does seem to be activity of people using the paths. A lot of the activity, though, um, seems to be two people who do most of the activity. Um, and, And you would guess that, like, based on where some of the tracks go, it seems like people are coming, checking on the trees, pruning things, Mostly using the paths, and there are some smaller feet from a person who's maybe three or four feet tall. Um, mm-hmm. and then there's some other tracks that are kind of like li- like punctures in the ground, like um, like a fairly large thing with very many pointed feet. Um, oh. Yeah, something that you would say in the kind of maybe spider shape or crab shape or something with multiple larger pointed limbs.
1: Oh, wow. Um, Bob is definitely going to point that out to the other two. Like, all right, I'm seeing two different sets of main footprints here. We got our standard smaller person ones. And then we have something else. Uh, Very pointy feet, very big. Don't know what it is, though.
2: Big pointy feet, you say?
1: Yes. Like, uh, the Large, but stabby.
2: How curious.
3: Should we follow and hope that we are able to find well, perhaps not who the stabby feet belong to, but if these are Juniper's feet.
2: Do gnomes have large pointy feet? I thought they just had, you know, feet.
3: Oh, I mean the, the the other set. I don't I don't want to find the ones attached to the big stabby feet.
1: I also don't want to find the pointy feet ones. So I would be okay <laughs> <laughs> with following the smaller footsteps.
2: Yeah, I'm down for that.
4: Yeah, so um most of the foot traffic of all people, seems to be using the paths. So uh, right now you have a path that's kind of just winding through these tree trunks in front of you. You're going to just follow down that?
2: I think that's the plan. Can I fly? Is there a way I can... This is a preposterous question. Is there a way I can fly ahead, but doing so quietly?
4: Well, so you- that I am...
2: St- a sneaky bird?
4: Oh, yeah, you're very sneaky. You could definitely try to fly ahead, for sure.
2: So would this be like a stealth roll?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, to fly silently. Yeah.
2: Okay. And so, since I've got... Oh,
4: dextrous. Yeah, for um, sure. So would it be two dice, then? Well, if you want to use dexterous, um, three times a day, you are prepared to... Use one of those skills. So, if you wanted to be prepared and use one of your dextrous um, um, kind of moments, uh, you could get three die uh, on this roll.
2: Oh, so if I use dextrous, I'll have three. Is that what I heard? Yeah,
4: exactly. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. I'll do that. Awesome. Let's see what we get. And so, this is a body roll.
4: Absolutely. Okay. Uh,
2: meets is considered a failure, right? Uh, yes. Okay. I still got two successes.
4: Awesome. You fly ahead very quietly. Um, all of the little flying things in the air don't notice you. Um, and you have a pretty good vantage looking around. Um, uh, so as you look ahead, you can see that there is a fork in this path Um, The left fork goes off into a grassy meadow, the right fork goes into a dense patch of bushes and trees, and right at the fork is a tree with um, these beautiful gleaming golden apples. In the moment you see that, um, you feel something start to come over you. So I'm going to need you to roll your mental defense.
2: Oh no. <coughs> <laughs> um. So, is that two dice as well? Because I have m- mm-hmm. deflection. Yep,
4: deflection. Not- so, okay.
2: this I'll probably do worse at. Yup and that's uh that's zero successes
4: oh wonderful i was hoping someone would feel this one okay (laughs) so those apples are amazing and before you've even completely caught up with yourself this magical compulsion comes over you you don't get to finish making your deflection gesture um and you just fly over to that tree you pick an apple and you eat that apple and it's amazing. It tastes so good. Um, you feel amazing after having eaten it. It's wonderful, but there's this apple core now. So um, I'm kind of imagining you was having kind of like plucked it off with one of your with your beak, and you have mm-hmm. the whole parrot one-handed um, perching one-handed with the other foot like up, and you're eating it. And yep. now you have this apple core, and. It's just, it's really important to you. You cannot put this apple core down. You have to carry it with you. It is the most important thing.
2: All right. So one of my claws is now dedicated to this apple core. Yep. All right. (laughs) Congratulations. So when they...
4: But you feel amazing. I feel great.
2: You feel amazing. Uh, When they catch up with me, I'll point one (laughs) wing left and one ring right. uh, And I'll say, check out this apple I got. Well, I ate it, but it was great.
4: All right. So when the other two catch up, though, you both are going to need to also roll your Ooh. mental defense. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm
2: just all walking around carrying golden apple cores.
1: <laughs> oh, shit. That was also a full failure. Oh, no. Oh, no. I've course, though. <laughs>
3: I got one success.
4: Okay, so
3: I carry half an apple core.
4: Well, okay, so the one success is um, you feel this magical start magic start to come over you. Um, what's your defense? Uh, is that uh, deflection as well?
3: Yes, it is deflection.
4: Okay, you feel magic starting to grab hold of you. You make this magical gesture, and you're just not quite fast enough. Uh, to fully deflect it, but you still feel it starting to take hold. And so you you go over, you pick an apple and you hold it. You don't actually have to eat it though. It's right there in your hand. You feel like it would be amazing, but you're not actually compelled to eat it.
3: <laughs> um, yeah, I, I feel this compulsion to eat the apple and then I I set it down realizing that I don't. Necessarily eat things, um,
1: being a bronze yep. statue.
3: I'm like, I don't, I don't know what came over me. This, you're right. They do look delicious, but I'm sure this would do terrible things to me.
4: Most beautiful apple you've ever seen, and
1: uh, Bob the Blob. Oh, I failed. I failed real hard. So I think um, I see oh, the yeah. apple that Ares put down, and Bob just runs over and is like, "Mine! <laughs> I'll have it." All right. <laughs> awesome.
4: Well, you eat that apple. You also feel amazing, and now you have an apple core that's really important to you. Can can it just float inside of me? Um. Oh gosh. I think you're gonna feel like you want it a little bit more protected than that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you gotta keep this safe. These this apple core and the seeds inside it are just so important what is
1: Bob do? Oof. Because I, I have the pouches inside of me that I could put it in. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you can
4: just go ahead and pop that in a pouch um, and put that inside you.
1: Yeah, I think I will I will empty out one of the pouches because um, I feel like I have to make room for it. Sure. Um, uh, Let me see, what will I drop? My soap. I will get rid of my soap. (laughs) Okay. Oh, there goes the soap.
4: Okay, so um, in front of you, the path diverges. On the left, open grassy meadow. On the right, dense bushes and trees.
3: Does anyone have a strong hunch one way or the other, left or right?
4: I wouldn't say it's a hunch
2: so much as I'm more comfortable in a meadow because I can fly more.
1: Okay. Am I familiar with either of those environments? Very good question. Why don't you roll your nature knowledge
4: and see if either of those looks familiar to you? Well, that is one success, one failure okay so with a partial success um the grassland looks pretty familiar um the tree um the tree bush thing not so much that's not something you're familiar with but yeah that
0: that
1: grass meadow definitely looks like some of the ones you've experienced before i'm i'm with nico on this um i like the grass please very good okay so you're entering the temperate
4: grassland Mm. There are many different kinds of grass in this meadow, creating a patchwork of different textures and colors. Oddly, despite the still air in the rest of the garden, a constant breeze blows through this meadow, creating shining ripples as the grass dances in the wind. So unless any of you are doing anything specific as you're moving through this meadow, um, what's Nico doing? How are they moving?
2: Uh, Nico is definitely flying in this area, and since he's sensed breezes, he's just kind of more uh, lazily gliding around than anything else.
4: Awesome. So I'm going to have the two of you who are walking on the ground, uh, I'm going to have you both rule perception. And uh, this is definitely a temperate grassland, so Bob the Blob is... Uh, is in their element here. Ooh, so do I get an extra die? You do. A.
1: Ooh, um, I got I got two out of three
4: successes. All right, so we're just counting the numbers of successes. So that would be a full success for you.
3: Oh, I got I got no success.
4: Who oh, no? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> cool. This is gonna be so much fun. So. What happens is that Aerie just trips over something. There was nothing there. And all of a sudden, you're flat on your face. Um, and uh, something that you're holding goes flying in the air. So I guess that you had your bow and arrow out.
3: Yeah.
4: So your bow goes flying through the air. It lands on the ground in front of you, and you get this brief glimpse of something green wrapping around your bow, and that bow is being dragged away.
3: Oh. Oh, no, I, I need that.
4: <laughs> Meanwhile, Bob the Blob, being familiar with this grassland notices the subtle signs of invisible grass <laughs> on the ground and you um, basically you're like going to um trip over it and then all of a sudden you're like oh no 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 i know what these little small little bare spots are these are invisible grass spots and you beautifully avoid them um am i allowed to call out to airy um So, you notice this right when Aerie trips. Um, But yeah, at this point, Aerie's um, bow is being dragged away, and the three of you can all take actions.
2: Uh, I would like to. uh, Seeing that Aerie's bow is being dragged away, uh, Nico the Pear Folk is uh, going to go, What? How is that happening? And starts uh, (laughs) following after it.
4: Awesome. So the bow is being dragged towards that, you know, that dense area of bushes and trees I mentioned previously? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That's where it's going. Uh, You can fly after it um, without hindrance and um, you're able to kind of track where it's headed from uh, above at this moment. Mm -hmm. But once it gets into those bushes and trees, you're going to either have to get into them with it to keep watching it, or take some sort of other action.
2: Uh, I'm going to shout that it's heading towards the uh, bushes in the other direction, <laughs> and uh, then yeah, I'm gonna try and intercept it so I don't actually like land, but I want to hit the ground before it hits the bushes.
4: So you're um sorry, you're you're not landing or you're landing.
2: Uh, I am landing, but I'm trying to land in between the moving bow and the bushes before it reaches the bushes.
4: Okay. Well, I think that would be um, your flying skill to see how good you can do this. That
2: sounds about right to me. Um, Mm -hmm. So I will do that. Uh, That's one success.
4: Okay. So... um... You're able to land beside the bow as it's moving, but you're not able to intercept. It is moving quite fast. Oh no! Um, so, what are the other two doing at this point? Uh, Nico's close to the bow. Uh, what about Bob
1: and Erie? Uh, seeing Nico go after the bow, I'm going to try to grab the arrows. Right where arrows also dropped. Um the only the one that
4: was in the hand.
1: I'm, I'm still gonna go for it. <laughs> You're like, oh no. Sure. One of your things. It's very important. Um and I will call out, you gotta watch out for the the bear spots. That's um invisible grass. Real tricky thing.
3: Well, how do you know to watch out for invisible grass? <laughs> <laughs> And I, I asked that question as I'm pushing up off the ground and trying to sprint after the bow. Sure. Uh, I guess trying to avoid places where there are not grass because there may secretly be grass.
4: Right, right. So uh, now that you know there's invisible grass, you are prepared um, because you're trying to avoid bare spots. Um, so you can do... Um, you get an extra die for being prepared as you run after your bow. Okay. So i will be athletics.
3: Um, and that is physical. Uh, so two successes.
4: Awesome. So you're you're solidly able to keep pace with it. So you you're able to track where it's going as well, and it's not getting farther away from you. And yeah, you're avoiding those bare patches. Haven't tripped over anything yet.
3: Good.
1: <laughs> okay, Bob the Blob. Yes, I am diving for that arrow with everything I've got.
4: Sure. Okay. Um. So I'm guessing I'm thinking diving for something would be athletics.
1: Oh no. Oh well, yes.
0: <laughs> but you could always argue
4: a different skill if you have some idea of how you're diving. Um Ooh. I have acrobatics. <laughs> okay. So you're going to try to acrobatically do this. Yes
1: sure because are there a lot of bare spots on the ground um i'd say this particular zone has a few more than average uh then i'm going to try to be light on my feet and cartwheel over to the arrow perfect okay yep so that'll be your acrobatics then
4: and um uh Using anything else to boost this, you are prepared to spot the 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 invisible grass.
1: Uh. No, I think I think those are fine. So is that two or three?
4: Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're okay, doing three. Okay, cool. <laughs> All three? Oh, no! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, yeah, invisible grass, yeah. <laughs> Definitely invisible grass. Um, so you're gonna be tripping over the invisible mm-hmm. grass. Um, so, at this point, you're also gonna drop okay. something, so... <laughs> um... You know, I think I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I think the, the pouch with the potion in it gets dropped. Oh, no! And as it falls and goes off into the grass um something seems to have grabbed it and it's being pulled away too now oh no <laughs> you might want to do a, a nature knowledge to see if you know what's pulling them
1: yes I would okay Well, oh, fuck that one went places um, <laughs> they were both failures again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got too excited about cartwheeling and I I lost everything else. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, um,
4: this is weird behavior. You think maybe it's um, some sort of vampire
1: vine that feeds on magical items? Oh, that doesn't... That doesn't sound good. Um, I will warn the others because that sounds dangerous. Um, So uh, Bob will call out. I don't think I've specified. Bob uses telepathy because Bob is a blob who does not have a physical mouth or vocal cords. Um, So using telepathy, Bob calls out to the others. Be careful, they're vampire vines. Okay.
4: So at this point, we have the, the bow is being pulled still, and now this a potion is being pulled. So um, Aerie's behind the bow, but in front of the <laughs> potion. <laughs> and um, Nico is next to the bow. What are the two of you going to be doing now?
2: Uh, I'm gonna try and yank the bow off the ground. Pull it from this invisible grass.
4: Yeah! Okay, so, how are you going to be yanking it? Um, uh... Are you just kind of doing a brute strength? You dive in for it? Um,
2: man. I have no idea. Um, Nico is not a brute strength parrot. Um, All right. So, I think he's gonna try and just, like swipe it really quick and hope that he snatches it so fast that they don't even notice that it's gone. And just, like, kind of keep moving.
4: Okay, okay. Okay, so you're gonna be trying to... I, I would go with that um, would fall under the manual dexterity skill. <laughs> um, I mean, your beak also counts for that, um, because you can use your beak in a hand-like way. Um, so, yeah, go ahead and see if you can kind of do kind of a quick swipe and, and grab this bow.
2: Oh, dear. Uh, one success.
4: Okay. Well, so here's the thing. You're able to grab onto the bow, but you you, you don't quite know what's holding onto it just yet, but it's, it's not something that's just letting go. <laughs> you got the bow. Okay.
2: It's got the bow. I'm just imagining that Nico is unfortunately, like, running along the ground and has his beak like playing tug of war, basically, with this bow against something he (laughs) can't see.
4: Right. (laughs) Yeah, something that's kind of, there's invisible grass everywhere, it makes it harder to see things. Uh You're beginning to notice that things behind the invisible grass are kind of invisible, so it creates a really weird effect with things that are moving Uh on the ground. But I think at this point you can probably see that the thing on the other end of the bow, that's pulling back is some sort of tendril. It's some sort of viney, tenderly mm. thing. So tug of war for Nico. Uh, what's Airy doing?
3: So I think seeing Nico start playing tug of war with something that I can't quite see, um, I want to use my supernatural warrior ability. Sure, um, which allows me to um, channel supernatural power into into combat. Absolutely. Um, so I want to try to do an unarmed strike in the area opposite of Nico, like where the pull is coming from.
4: Right, right. So you're going to just kind of attack the thing that you can't quite see in the invisible grass. Yeah,
3: Yeah, like just leap in that area and and strike down wherever the kind of opposite side of of force is coming from the pull.
4: All right. Yeah, go for it. So that would be two die uh, unless two dice... What is with my brain today? Two dice, unless you have a different thing you want to be using too. Or unless you have something to boost it.
3: Um, the only thing I could think to boost it is um if I were to use alert, could I do like insight or perception to see what's there before I strike?
4: So you can spend a moment like honing in on um honing in on like the zone you wanna strike in because because Nico has stopped stopped it from pulling it farther you can take the moment to kind of use your alert focus your mind try to get the exact right um positioning it does mean that the potion bottle is going to be moving while you're doing this um but you can take that moment to do that yeah
3: okay two successes
4: all right. You know exactly where. You see this little glimmer of this vine right in between, like right on the other side of the bow. You know exactly where to strike. You are prepared.
3: All right. Let's see if I can do it now. Three successes.
4: Oh, cool. Okay. So with that, why don't you describe me the the strike that you're doing it on this vine?
3: So uh, what I see in my head is Aerie takes a few steps and does a leap and just almost like a superhero landing, um, landing on the ground on a knee and punching into the ground at the same time.
4: Right. Okay. So you do this punch and it manages to sever the end of this vine. And so the vine retracts away but the bow is uh, stays and I'm going to say that the other tendril that was pulling the potion bottle also gets severed with this so you actually have stopped it from stealing both items.
3: Oh great yeah like I imagine hitting the ground just a little ripple of, of earth and it you know being jagged and cutting the vine.
4: Absolutely like some rocks and stuff and it just yeah p- perfect All right, so y'all are halfway through a meta with lots of invisible grass, (laughs) some vampire vines that are trying to steal magic items, um, and uh, you're kind of near this bushes and trees zone. And, you know, as you're just standing there next to the the edge of the bushes and trees zone, um, you can actually hear this kind of ethereal kind of flute music kind of hovering in the air coming from that, that area.
3: Oh, thank you so much, Nico. And I'll pick up the the bag with the potion in it and and carry it back to Bob.
4: Awesome. How are you walking back to Bob? Uh, Can you describe a little bit about what you're doing there?
3: Uh, Yes. I'm going to avoid (laughs) patches where there are no grass for fear there may be grass.
4: (laughs) Right. so So you're going slowly and carefully. Yes. All right. You're totally fine if you go slowly and carefully.
3: Probably too slow. Like <laughs> sidestepping around any empty patch, even if it was one that, that I made.
4: Right, right, absolutely. Okay, so is that how you all are moving through the rest of this meadow?
2: Uh, Nico will continue to fly, having seen the dangers of walking in the meadow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, thank you.
4: Very fair, very fair. Okay, so bow is back, the potion is back, and you all have made it through the meadow. No one went into my swamp. (laughs) Oh my
3: goodness.
4: (sighs) You all avoided it. It's very pretty in there, you know. It's so pretty. I'm sure it is.
1: Don't you just want to go into the swamp? Maybe on the way back.
2: I've been emotionally scarred by swamps. I don't need to go to one right now. Oh no. (laughs) Although the flute is tempting.
4: (laughs) It is very beautiful in there. I promise you it's beautiful. (laughs) Um, Okay, so um, you've made it through the grassland meadow, and so the paths join back up with the path that comes out of the swamp, um, and then it branches again, and the left fork leads to a, a lush forest that has a hedge wall around most of it, and the right fork leads to an open woodland. So, uh, do people have knowledge checks they want to make or thoughts about which way they want to go?
1: Do the, the footprints that we've been following, is it the same deal? They both look about the same.
4: Yep. All the paths seem about equally used. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: Um, so, um, Bob the Blob could do a nature check to at least identify which ecosystems these two zones might represent?
1: I would like to do that, actually. Okay. Now
4: roll your nature skill. Alrighty. Uh, two
1: successes.
4: Awesome. Yeah, that left fork, that's definitely a rainforest. Um, And that right fork is definitely um, a temperate forest, one that you're very familiar with. You know a lot of the plants that you're spotting there.
1: Ooh. Um, So Bob is going to turn to the others. Uh, So it looks like we have ourselves a rainforest and a temperate forest. I'm more familiar with the temperate forest, to be honest. And seeing as we have... A thing that explodes in with water. We should not go in the rainforest.
3: Yes, I would be inclined to agree.
2: That's a fair point.
3: Um, before we go in, is there anything invisible I should be on look for, look out for in there?
1: I would like to make a check for invisible things. Sure. Um, you can roll
4: three dice since you are thinking about a ecosystem you're familiar with.
1: That is one success.
4: Uh, invisible things, not uh, not a specific thing that you would think of for a, a temperate forest. There's definitely some possible hazardous plants, but nothing invisible. No, not that you're aware of. Uh, you do know that sometimes fairies. Um, <laughs> make magical plants that play tricks on people and sometimes they do that in forests but uh, usually usually they work with mushrooms
1: I in general area I would be uh, just cautious around any uh, mushrooms I I always look out for the mushrooms
3: oh good to know thank you
1: Bob gives thumbs up
4: (laughs) into the forest into the forest Okay, so this open woodland is an old growth forest with enormous trees. Rays of sunlight stream through the tree branches to illuminate patches of ferns, lacy bushes, and the delicate leaves of wild herbs. Um, this peaceful scene is completed by little brown mushrooms hopping along through the underbrush on their springy stems. And all of you will identify these as uh, the common hopping mushroom, um, or at least that's what they look like. Um, you've seen these before. So they're just little mushrooms hopping along, spreading their spores. Looks peaceful. Hmm. So is anyone doing anything specific, or are you just walking along through the beautiful woodland enjoying the scenery?
2: Lazily gliding through, but yes.
4: Sure, sure, sure. Okay, well, um, I'm going to have everyone do uh, roll the perception skill. Okay.
1: That is one success. Okay.
2: Is that mental,
4: right? It is a mental skill, yes. Okay.
2: Uh, zero successes.
4: Okay. One success. Okay, cool. So, um, both Bob and Erie um, are able to um, catch glimpses of something kind of tall um, that's sort of back behind some tree trunks. So it's kind of a, a verticalish shape that seems to be ducking behind trunks. It's, yeah, like, it seems maybe, like, about as tall as uh, an average person, maybe, like, six feet. But um, it's a very vertical sort of silhouette, but you just get very quick glimpses. You don't actually get to see what it looks like.
1: Hmm. I... That worries me. <laughs> and I would like to use my sensing magic... Sure. An alert for if it gets any closer to us.
4: Oh, that sounds like a great idea.
1: Um, I'll have you go
4: ahead and roll to use your sensing magic. Um, And so you already stated what you're trying to do. Um, So that would be a a two die roll to use your magic.
1: Okay.
4: And it's a mental roll.
1: (laughs) Haha! Two successes.
4: Awesome. So. uh, well, here, do you tell me what the magic looks like, and then I'll I'll see what
1: the what results it gives. So, uh, Bob uses a stone as like to focus their magic, mm-hmm. and so you kind of see the pouches that float around inside of Bob move around until the stone like comes out of one, and it glows faintly. So the rest of Bob starts glowing. <laughs> Awesome. Um, And I think there's just now like a small circle around Bob and Aerie. So if anything crosses it, uh, they will be notified. Right. Well, as you go through the
4: forest, um, this thing, maybe one thing, you're not sure if it's one or if there's a couple. Um, It seems like it's getting closer. And how wide is your circle, your kind of, like, alarm zone? Uh,
1: I'll say maybe f- five feet, because I don't know how dangerous it is. I just want a warning. So I'll say five feet. <laughs> sure, sure. So you're going to say five feet? That's pretty close.
4: Um, You did a very good, successful job with this magic. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll say that you can kind of get kind of, like, Um, five feet you get a really strong warning um, and maybe like ten feet out you can kind of sense things starting to get close Okay. so as you're getting close to the edge of the woodland and it seems like the path is going to enter a new zone um, something gets within ten feet of you and since you have this warning um, I'm going to let you all roll another uh, perception roll to see if Once it starts getting close, if you can see what's happening here.
2: I got a Uh success that time.
1: Okay. (laughs) Two successes.
4: Awesome.
3: I also got two.
4: Okay. So the two of you on the ground, you have this magic circle right around you. And from your vantage point, when this thing gets within 10 feet of you, you get a good look at it. And it's this kind of pale green color with spots on it. And it's, there's kind of this kind of dog-sized, medium dog-sized kind of thing on the ground that has a lot of legs and is crawling. And it has this really long, like, six-foot-tall scorpion tail um, above this, like, small dog body. Um, And... (laughs) It is horrifying. And um, I'm going to actually say that Bob can roll your nature knowledge to see if you know what this is. Um, But it does not actually belong in this place. So you don't get the benefit of being familiar. Okay. Uh,
1: That is one success.
4: Okay. So this is a very hazardous plant. You've heard of it before. It's a scorpion tail fungus. They're usually swamp creatures, interestingly. Um, Oh, no. um, And, and, um, you know, thinking back, maybe they're spreading out. Um, They like to hide behind trees. Um, And basically what, what you know about them is that they, instead of having venom, they have spores. So they basically go after animals trying to inject spores into them. Oh, wow. I don't like any of these details. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what you know. <laughs> okay, so y'all have a chance to make one action before this thing is coming at you, but it is definitely coming at you. Uh, Bob? Yes?
3: Run?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Nico is going to use his ability, Shadow, to blend into the shadows.
4: <laughs> Melt into the shadows. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, in a wooded forest, there are plenty of shadows. So, n- Nico just instantaneously melts into these shadows. Um, do you have any um, details of what you think this looks like?
2: Um, I think realizing how uh, big this thing is and that uh, hearing them say, we should run, uh, hearing Ares say that, he uh, flaps up and goes higher, and uh, I think you just suddenly lose him in the foliage of the nearest tree.
4: Absolutely. Well, it can't seem, Nico. you're totally fine. (laughs) He's not going after you. Okay, the two people on the ground.
1: Um... uh... I have I have a slight idea. I don't know sure. if it's going to work. Um, oh, go go for it's it. It's based on not a lot of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have, I have my lantern with me. Yeah, my, you do. <laughs> my telepathic lantern that's been following me. Um, yep. Is there any chance I can make it brighter? Oh, sure. So it gives off a really bright light.
4: Yeah, I kind of figure your lantern's been just kind of hanging out not really you've been in the bright sunlight so like you haven't needed it um but yeah you can make it all bright and do stuff for sure
1: yeah i want to just because I, I don't know if this is true but i get the impression that mushrooms don't like light <laughs> hmm. so i'm gonna try to scare it away with a bright light <laughs> okay so let's see um
4: We could either make that sort of a intimidation or if you're going based on kind of your knowledge of nature, you could go with that.
1: Uh, I would like to try nature because that's my skill. Sure. You're going to try to make this behave
4: in an aggressive manner uh, as best you know how from your knowledge of animated funguses. (laughs) All right. Give me a roll. All right. Woof! That's a no. (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah. So this one doesn't seem like it cares about light at all. It's just going for animals. And it's clearly coming after the two of you. And um, I'm going to say that um, you've been focusing on trying to get the lantern to kind of Scare it, so mm-hmm. you're falling behind a bit and you are now close to it. So I'm gonna have you roll your physical defense to dodge this thing as it comes yes. after you.
1: Alrighty. <laughs> no. Is that another <laughs> a a- one that one too?
0: <laughs> another
1: failure? Yeah, completely oh my. <laughs> oh my. Okay, well,
4: um, yeah, it's got a stinger, and it's going to stab it right into you. Your nice, soft, jelly-ness. Uh, you try to dodge out of the way, but this thing is fast. And uh, you're going to take one injury. So that's a it's a moderate injury, so it will affect um, one category of skills. So it could either affect your knowledge skills, your social skills, your perception skills combat skills um strength skills or dexterity skills is there one set that you think this injury might affect you
1: i'm thinking since it's physically injecting spores into me it's going to mm-hmm. affect my dexterity skills okay, and I then. maybe won't be able to move the same way sure so until you're
4: healed Um, from this injury you are going to take a one die penalty to dexterity skills with this injury okay okay so at this point what is um Eri doing
3: so I think they notice that Bob is not there yeah (laughs) um and I will turn around so the scene back there is is Bob being stabbed by this this fungus with this enormous tail yep Um, I want to try to use um, Supernatural Warrior again and I'm going to try to pin part of it to the ground so at least when Bob gets free it won't be able to pursue.
4: Perfect. Absolutely.
3: Um, And I, I think that because this like I see that oh no Bob has been stabbed I'm actually going to take a moment to line this shot up to try to, to prepare myself for it.
4: So I will say that if you're really spending some time focusing, if there's not a quick action you can take, if it's like you're going to spend time, that does mean it will get a chance to attack Bob again before you are able to shoot it.
3: Okay. No, I wouldn't risk it. I, I would just fire from the from the hip then. Okay. Uh, I think... I'm going to use one of my <laughs> my points for trick archery. Sure. Um, three times a day I can re-roll. Absolutely. I, I think I'm going to do that.
4: <laughs> Absolutely. Go for it. You're an amazing archer. You got this.
3: Okay. The exact opposite result. Two successes.
4: Beautiful. So you... Um, so here, tell me what it looks like. You're definitely pinning this thing to the ground.
3: Um, so I'm imagining that it's got this... You know, it's scuttling along the ground with this huge tail and that
4: mm-hmm.
0: when
3: it's got Bob stabbed that Mm -hmm. part of it is low to the ground because Bob is pretty low to the ground yeah there's also tree
4: trunks too yeah
3: yeah, and this arrow comes it glows and and comes firing through and and pins part of the tail to the ground um, you know pulling it a little bit out of Bob
4: absolutely yeah it's pinned who knows how long that's going to last but for this moment it is pinned what do you two do
3: I'm not sure if we should be destroying anything in here I would hate to destroy something that's someone's life's work but we also should not be destroyed ourselves
1: I we should we should run I should have been running um. <laughs>
4: all right so yes. does that mean you two are running
3: I will wait for Bob to catch up but then I will we'll go as well
4: I'm gonna say that since it's pinned to the ground that you two can just run away. You you did use your supernatural warrior, so that means that you can do like it is pinned. It is a really good pinned more than what a normal arrow could actually do. So you two can run out. Oh, here, what's Nico doing at this point?
2: Uh so Nico was preparing to do something until uh he was going to drop something on it and then uh the arrow pinned it. So seeing his friends run, uh Nico will continue flying forward and just kind of pop up, uh, near that, like above them once they're sort of safer distance, I guess.
4: Awesome. Okay. So, um, you all, um, emerge into the center of the garden. There's a bunch of different paths converging here in the middle. There's a small house that is built low to the ground Its gently sloping roof merges into the garden around it. On top of the roof is an exuberantly overflowing vegetable garden. Surrounding the house is a ring of lumpy bushes that have overgrown the path. So the paths basically are going through this ring of bushes and they're kind of converging on this house. Oh, also there is a, actually a whole little grove of these golden apple trees, but, um, None of you feel compelled to interact with it. It's like you've already interacted with one and you're now used, like more, um, more prepared for its magic.
1: That apple did make me feel really good last time I ate it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: It did feel good.
1: And I'm feeling kind of bad right now. Yes, you are.
3: I must say, Bob, you are looking a little more opaque than before.
1: Yeah, I'm not used to having this many things inside of me. I think I think I want to eat an apple. Awesome.
4: All right. So you eat an apple. It also tastes amazing. And yeah, you're healed. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah. You know, now that you think of it. did Did you? I can't remember. Did you do a knowledge check on what these apples are? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I think I, I think I failed. Why don't you go ahead and roll that and see what you remember about these things? Uh that's two successes. Two? Oh yeah. Um, you know, now yes. that you think about it, um, now that you've experienced the healing for yourself, these gotta be what they call Discord apples. Um, they have a very strong magic compulsion, but um the main thing is, like, yeah, the apples are very healing. They're delicious. You know, if you have an apple tree, it's totally fine. The main danger is if the apple gets taken away from the tree and then multiple people are enchanted by it and they really want it and people start fighting over them. But as long as you're next to the apple tree, you're good. The only downside is you're stuck carrying around apple cores until you can find the exact right soil conditions it wants for them to plant <laughs> So... <laughs> But yeah, Alrighty. since you are literally carrying things inside you, you can put another apple core inside you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'll just add it to the list. Okay.
2: Um, seeing the vegetable garden, uh, Nico's going to fly to that and just start sort of looking around curiously.
4: Okay. Are you being stealthy or obvious? Um, I think probably
2: obvious. He's just (laughs) letting curiosity overwhelm him right now.
4: Sure. So what I'm going to say is that, um, Nico from the top of the house, um, you can actually, it's not that tall of a house, but it's still kind of an empty. A clearish zone around it, and you can actually see into different parts of the garden. And you can see that um, uh, across the way from where you've been exploring is a zone that is um, really strange looking. It's kind of like bare rock, but then there's these little pockets of plants that have totally different things in them so there's like this kind of nothing growing and then there's this little circle and there's this beautiful blue crystalline tree and then there's kind of a barren space and then there's like maybe a short constantly on fire shrub (laughs) for example Um, and uh, you can actually see um, in, in that area there are four people um, that are all doing something. So the tallest person is uh, about six feet tall and they're um, sort of, they look like a bunch of vines that are all entwining and they're like a plant person. And there's another person that is, it basically is like a crab that's very large. So like um, maybe like four, Five feet tall, big big crab, um, but it's made out of plants. So it, it instead of crab legs, it's roots, and the center of the body is just like a bunch of leaves, um, and that's what you can see from this angle. And you can also see um, a dwarf, and um, and then most interestingly, hovering in the air, you can see a person. Um, that is attached to... Basically, imagine a jetpack crossed with a hot air balloon. Okay, but made out of plants. Uh. <laughs> so it's kind of like a cluster of little balloons attached to kind of like this basket-like harness thing mm-hmm. that a person is then strapped into.
2: Okay. Um. Uh.
4: But made out of plants, so they're all like green little pods. Right. <laughs> so so I'm gonna just say that there's a person strapped onto the front of that who is it's like kind of like a hover backpack and you see that person is about two feet tall they've got dark skin dark hair Um, and all of these people are busy around uh, they're, they're busily working around this tree that is like a small pine tree but it's like glowing bright red and they're Mm. all busy doing something to it
2: okay so the person strapped to the the little planty hovercraft matches the description we've gotten of juniper absolutely uh okay uh bob airy I think they're I think they're up ahead and I'll point with my wing uh in that direction
3: oh good well let us head in their direction
4: so, quick question, how are people getting to going in that direction? Are you going through the ring of bushes, around the house, and then down the next path? Or are you trying to do something more circuitous?
3: Do I think that I might be able to to climb over the, the bush?
4: So, basically, what's happening is there's uh, these pathways all go through this ring of bushes, but the bushes are very overgrown, uh, so you could try to climb over them. You could try to push through them if you're going to follow the pathways.
1: Can um, can I use my malleable form to just... Sure you can. Squeeze my way through them?
4: <laughs> I'd say that with how malleable your form is, you could potentially... Um, you'll definitely be able to get through this a whole... Um, Now, getting through without touching the bushes will require a roll. Or you could just go through and not worry about touching the bushes.
1: Yeah, I think I will go back to blob form. And I'll just roll on through.
4: (laughs) Okay, okay. Cool, cool, cool. And what's Aerie doing? And I presume Nico's flying?
2: (laughs) Yeah, any opportunity where I can fly is what I'm doing.
4: Okay, you don't have to worry about the bushes. What's Aerie doing?
3: Um, I think I am trying to to use my mobility to try to avoid touching anything because we haven't encountered a plant here yet that <laughs> has liked us so just on the off chance that
4: oh, the discord, these
3: things are hungry as well
4: the discord apples loved you
3: yeah that's, well that's fair <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay cool so I'll have you roll your mobility to see if you can make it through these without touching them too much
3: okay one success
4: okay cool so here's what happens Um, uh, so as Bob goes through Bob's super malleable um, just touches them a tiny bit not much where Bob touches them they start to glow just a tiny bit just on the areas where Bob touched them and as you go through them um, you don't do anything you don't damage them too much but you do touch them a bit and where you touch them, they start to glow, and there's a very soft sound that starts to come out of them. Um, and just a single bush lights up and makes this wow 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 alarm sound, <laughs> and it's kind of like a very awkward, fluffy, lumpy dog. It's kind of going after you. Just the one bush. Yes. Just the one bush. So I'm going to just say that that happened on just as you were exiting towards this area where all the people are. So you have a single bush going after
3: you. Oh, gosh. Um, I think that I keep like run in the direction that Nico indicated that the people were at <laughs> with kind of my hands and my bow in the air. Just like, hi, we were sent here. We were looking for you. But I think there is a giant bush dog chasing me. <laughs>
4: Absolutely. Okay, so you're just going to run up to the people. Um, yeah,
3: and, and hope that.
4: <laughs> okay, so when you approach, um, everyone, the, the the four people seem really engrossed in whatever's happening to this. Um, and then they all like quickly turn. They see you, they see the bush. And then um, the person you believe to be Juniper tell, says to someone, Plip, go deal with this. And the crab like, entity turns around to come face you and you can now see that their face slash middle is this kind of giant red pitcher plant sort of thing with these two little eye stalks on either side with these little beady black eyes and this person comes over to you and um um they they look a little flustered they're like oh oh goodness oh goodness uh who are you what 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 is this
3: uh, uh hello, uh my name is Ari, uh, and I'm here with my, my companions, um, Bob and, and Nico. We were sent here to to bring you something to, to look at. Um we were we were sent by the, the crossroad the crossroad observer.
4: Oh 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 the, the oh yes Lambstones, yes. The yes. stewards, yes, yes. Oh, um Oh dear, you couldn't have chosen a worse time to come though. We're we're transplanting the lava pine. That if that goes wrong, oh that would be bad. That would be bad. Okay, okay. Um and then it looks at the um the bush that is, I think at this point, caught up to you because you're standing. And it's Uh it's trying to kind of like jump on you, but there's only one (laughs) of it. And you're really dense, so it's just kind of jumping at you, and it's gonna say, it's gonna say Walter! Walter! Stop! Stop! And then the bush kind of sits down like, like a dog. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, this is this is not good timing. Um, okay, so... Oh, see, it's almost midday, and, and in order to do the analysis, we'd need to get a flower from the Tree of Eternal Sleep. But it has to be pecked right after it opens, but we're not going to be done transplanting the lava pine for at least another hour... It, we might have to wait till tomorrow if we can't get a flower.
3: Oh, um, is there any way that either we could help with the transplant or we could go get the flower? Because our office building was was ransacked. It may not be safe for that much longer.
4: Oh, poachers. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, um, uh, uh, I think, um, and, and Plip looks back at the group of people and is like, okay, uh... I, you know, they're still kind of working on getting the last two routes like adjusted before we we move it. So okay, okay, follow me right right this way. And and so Plip kind of charges off down one of the little paths. Um, and are the three of you coming after them? Yes. Yep. I am. Yeah. Okay, so they're charging off down this path. So um Plip leads you to uh, a rocky desert area where there is a large tree. It's dark green branches spread over hardened ground that is strewn with pale yellow rocks. Anyone who looks closely at the rocks, though, notices a number of animal skulls and bones scattered among them. In the branches of the tree, fleshy red flowers bloom. So as soon as Plip gets you there, Plip's going to point and say, okay, so... We need a flower that has just opened. So the thing is, tree of eternal sleep. I, I don't know if you know this one. It makes everybody fall asleep. So you gotta be real careful because you won't ever wake up if you, I mean, we could probably try to get someone to drag you out, but you won't have gotten the flower. Anyway, um, don't fall asleep. You have to pick a flower within a minute of it opening. So you gotta just wait. And then when you see it, you gotta go just... Don't all get stuck asleep, okay? i got I gotta go, I gotta go. Um and so then uh, Plip runs off, leaving you next to this creepy sleep tree.
3: <laughs> I think with that word vomit that came from Plip, like as they run away, Airy just slowly turns their head and wide eye watches him run back down the path. <laughs>
4: Yeah, they, they're they moving quite quickly because they're trying to, uh, yeah, they're, they're really concerned about the lava pine. <laughs>
3: <laughs> did they just say fall asleep forever?
1: They did. But now we know what made those weird stabby footprints, so.
2: <laughs> Nico just lands next to you two and goes, I'll be honest, guys, not a fan of this tree. It spooked me.
3: Yeah, I was asleep for a very long time before I was awake, and I would hate to be asleep forever again.
4: I am going to say that uh, if Bob wants to think back on their nature history, um, they can see if they remember much about this tree.
1: Yeah, I would like to do that.
4: (laughs) It seems important. You do know what it's called, so I'm going to say you're prepared for this. So am I going
1: in with three dice? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, all successes.
4: Ooh. Okay, you know all the things. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this is a tree that is a prominent, extremely dangerous tree. Um, So you've learned a lot about it. It it is a desert tree. And um, basically what it does is... To avoid getting eaten um, by herbivores, six feet out from its outer branches, there is a zone where it casts this kind of um, sleep-inducing magic, and um, basically the main issue is if a person or animal is alone and they fall asleep underneath it, they won't ever wake up. But you can actually drag people out of its magic sleep zone and they will wake up at that point. The main hazard is if you're, say, climbing it and you suddenly fall asleep, that could be dangerous. You wouldn't be able to fall correctly. And uh, also, if everyone were to fall asleep and no one remembered to look for them, not as likely in this situation. But that could be very deadly um, because once you're asleep, it doesn't ever Uh, uh, stop while you're in its space. Though interestingly, you also remember that how its flowers work because it needs pollinators so it actually has a nectar that's a stimulant in its flowers and that the effect of the stimulant lasts for a long time so the pollinators can come in and pollinate it without succumbing to its sleep. Um, So you know that any fruit or flowers from it um, will act as stimulants while the rest of it creates this magic sleep zone.
1: Interesting. Hmm. Are there any fruit growing on it right now? You know what? I'm going to say
4: there there are a couple fruits on it. Yeah, it's actually kind of similar to a fig tree. I don't know if fig trees have flowers and fruit at the same time, but this tree does. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So it kind of has a, a fairly perpetual flowers and fruit situation. So you know that a lot of people who professionally harvest them, they'll get like a fruit and take little bits and then they can use that.
1: Okay, cool, cool. I Bob is going to turn to the other two and be like, I've got some good news. Uh, yes, this is a very dangerous and gross tree, um, but if we eat some of that fruit, we won't fall asleep.
2: Okay, here's a thought. Then,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I will fly and grab fruit, hopefully quickly enough to not get put to sleep, <laughs> and bring back the fruit. Uh, failing that, I hope one of you will drag me out of the zone and not fall asleep in the process.
3: <laughs> um, I will actually get into my bag and pull out my rope. Yes! This Ooh. is... Would you like to tie this around your leg?
2: Uh... <laughs> I wouldn't like to, but it does seem like a wise choice, so I will do it.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I'll uh, tie the rope around my leg so that they can or they can hold on to it. Um, Is
4: that the leg holding the apple core?
2: Uh yes.
4: <laughs> so it's 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 permanently balled up into a little foot fist.
2: Yep. Still holding awesome. tight to that apple core.
4: <laughs> yep.
2: Uh, And I will, uh, can I make, um, would it be manual dexterity or just flying to fly in and grab that fruit before? uh,
4: I would say that that's, um, it's up to you how you want to do it. So if you want to do like a really flying focus thing, you could do that. Um, If you want to kind of focus on the kind of being able to snatch it without slowing down. Then you could do manual dexterity.
2: Okay. Then I'm going to go manual dexterity. Um, sure. And I'll go ahead uh, and use my uh, dextrous again.
4: Absolutely.
2: Cool. So, three dice. Good. I needed three.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. So, that's two successes.
4: Oh, great. Yeah. So, um... You know what? Um, I'm going to have you very quickly roll your magical defense while you're doing this.
2: That's To see how fast
4: it affects you.
2: (laughs) Probably very fast. Uh, (laughs) Meets and... Yeah, no. No successes on that.
4: (laughs) Okay, so basically what happens is you're like so fast in your... uh, You're grabbing this with your beak or your claw.
2: Beak in this instance.
4: You grab on this fruit in your beak. You are so good with your beak uh, and you do this so fast, and you're actually like falling asleep as you're flying. So you kind of like, and you kind of slant your angle down. So you kind of like tumble to the ground in the last few feet of flying. And you kind of just roll out of the zone of the tree, and your your beak is clutching a fig. <laughs> and you are briefly asleep on the ground <laughs> with an apple core in one foot.
3: Oh, look at that.
4: <laughs> with the rope.
3: He's all tuckered out.
4: I worked very hard today.
2: I deserved this snap. <laughs>
4: Napping on the ground with the fig. (laughs) That's amazing. Okay, so you're pretty much there. You got yourself the fig. So I'm going to just have you all roll your perception to see how good you are at figuring out when this flower is going to happen.
2: I'm still snoozing.
4: It's not, okay. it's not happening yeah, for Nico. No one, <laughs> yeah, so you're just barely outside the zone, but you are asleep. So unless someone wakes you up, I mean, you would wake up after the standard length of a nap,
0: mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> you, um, but you are asleep. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh,
3: I got one success. Okay.
1: I got two successes. Awesome.
4: Okay. So but honestly,
3: I probably would be focused on waking up Nico because I think even with this fruit, Aerie's a little hesitant to go anywhere near this tree because if they fall asleep, they don't think anyone would be able to drag them back.
4: Yeah, oh, no. yeah, that is an issue. That is an issue. You're yeah. very heavy. That would make it very hard. Okay, so um while the two of you were busy dealing with that situation and waking Nico up, um uh bob's looking at the tree and yeah there is a flower that's opening right now
1: oh yeah i'm like vaguely worried about falling asleep but also this is a weird tree and i want to know more sure So
4: i'm ready okay so what's bob do what are y'all doing Got an, uh, the flower is opening right now. And it's opening it's not like a super like slow opening. This is opening any you can see it opening timescale. As befits a magic tree.
1: <laughs> um Yeah, I think I'm I'm trying to climb up there as fast as I can <laughs> and grab it. Okay, are you taking any of
4: the fruit.
1: Oh, yes. I, I would like to take a bite of the fruit before I go. Awesome. Which feels, like, really mean to just, like, Nico knocked out, just take the fruit from the... from and... Eat.
2: <laughs> just gently from pulling it out beak. of my beak.
1: She's be like, oh, I need this. Thank you. Okay. Alright, so you've
4: absorbed a bite of this stimulant fruit. All right, what are you doing? It's the flowers up there in the branches, opening right now.
1: Uh, I I guess I will take a humanoid form again. Mm-hmm. So, so I actually have hands and feet to climb with.
4: <laughs> sure. Well, um, sounding like you're climbing in the kind of traditional climbing way. So I'm gonna say that's a climbing skill
1: roll. Ooh, I don't have climbing. That means
4: you got one die for effort. Oof.
3: Can, Oof. I, can I pitch you on a help out?
4: You definitely can help. So um, how do you want to help?
3: Um, putting some arrows into the tree so that Bob has handholds.
4: Awesome. That would be perfect. Um, so I'm going to have you roll your ranged combat um, to go ahead and do that.
3: Uh, one success
4: okay so the arrows aren't as deep into the you didn't want to hurt the tree too much obviously this is an important tree yeah. you didn't want to get them super deep in, so they're they're a little shaky um but like yeah there's a few handholds there for uh for bob well let's see how good rob is at climbing alrighty so
1: here goes the
4: one die <laughs> you get two now because you got oh. the help oh yeah okay cool
1: yeah Oh, so I failed. <laughs> oh no! Oh no!
4: <laughs> yeah, you know. Thing is, arrows are great, and it totally would have worked probably for like, uh, like somebody who wasn't a blob. But like, <laughs> oh no! The arrows are really skinny shafts, and they're not that solid in the tree, and. You're just kind of sliding back down the ladder. Oh no. Like, you're not feeling sleepy, but you try to, you start to go up the ladder and you're kind of just sliding back down it. The arrows just are too skinny. And you're at the trunk of the tree.
1: Oh no. Um, I, Bob's gonna call out to Ari and Nico, then be like, I can't get up the tree. We gotta get the, Flower! Someone else has to go.
3: I'm gonna turn and, and look at Nico.
1: There's.
0: Yep. yep.
2: What is it?
3: Um, there's a, a little bit of a fig left in your mouth. You should swallow it and see if you can get that flower. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Munches on the fig and uh, <laughs> goes to get that flower.
4: Okay. So, do you know which flower it is?
2: Oh, gosh. Um.
4: <laughs> so it's ju- at this point, it has just finished opening. So um, you can fly over. You're fine on the sleep front. Not going to fall asleep again for a while. Um, but you don't actually know which flower this was.
1: Uh, which <laughs> can I which one is it again? Yeah, let me. Can I point it out?
4: Yeah, so Bob can try to point it out. So... Um, uh, how are you truly trying to communicate this? Um, what's Nico doing? Because there's a bunch of flowers in this tree.
2: Uh, I'm basically flapping like near one. And if I don't see a reaction from Bob, then I move to the next one.
4: <laughs> okay, cool. So we'll just have you roll your flying skill to see how well you can do this sort of hovering thing.
2: Sure. I'm also going to use my last dexterity for the day. Sure. That's two successes.
4: Okay, cool. Yeah, so you're so awake right now. (laughs) And you feel so alert. And yeah, like, you're trying to sort of hover, and you're, like, looking at Bob, and and you're trying to, like, is this flower, this flower, this flower? And yeah, you're able to get that flower, like, pretty quickly within, within the time. And you got that flower. So maybe about an hour later... They have completed their um, transplantation process for this lava tree. Um, And you get to meet all of these people and you've got the flower. And so um, Juniper, uh, she takes the lampstone and she scrapes off a portion of it. And she um, adds a drop of this nectar to the, um, the scraped off little sample bit. And she basically explains that uh, in deserts, people historically were using the flashing stone cactus extract with this nectar from this very dangerous tree to create lighting. Um, So when the nectar drop goes onto this sample, it starts glowing more brightly and it stops flickering. And that is clear evidence that a significant amount of flashing stone cactus extract is in this... Uh, in this lampstone so you have conclusive proof from someone who is an expert specifically in these and uh, she actually leaves the garden with you to make a report at the newspaper and then start the legal process for uh, seeing if you can all uh, prosecute the stewards for using legally harvested plants which will change um basically a lot of communities won't buy things from people who are engaged in buying and selling illegally harvested plants so it will significantly change the situation hooray you did it hooray. <laughs>
0: Woohoo.
4: cool well thank you all for doing this um, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I hope you enjoyed my weird plants.
2: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of
4: fun. Yes, awesome. Yeah, uh, making these plants was so much fun. If if you want to just say like where people can find you, I'm sure all of you have amazing projects um, that people can um,
1: check out. Yeah, I can I can go first. So, I am Mads Upton again. You can find me on any social media stuff at Mads Up to No Good. (laughs) I thank you. (laughs) Um, The main things I do is I am a writer for um, some podcasts that are currently in production. Uh, One is uh, Postmancy and Other Accidental Magic, uh, which is about um, some witches and some of the hijinks they get up to, and also a new one called um, Heroes of Another Kind, which is about some sad superheroes doing things.
4: Awesome. <laughs> um,
1: and you can hear me voice acted things, and I did a bunch of stuff for um, International Podcast Month last month as well, or last year. Awesome.
2: Uh, I'm Robin, you can find me on Twitter at lobster underscore writer. Um, and then, uh, my other podcasts are, uh, I do a podcast with one of my best friends called, uh, Not Joanna Eggs, uh, where we review sort of underappreciated animated films. And then, uh, my other podcast just started up recently is called, uh, Tabletop Buffoonery in which I, uh, drag my friends sort of kicking and screaming through the world of D&D.
3: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I am Rev, and you can find me on Twitter at RevDeShane. And I am the host and GM of The Crit Show, which is an actual play podcast uh, where we play Monster of the Week in the first season. uh, And then as the seasons go on, they discover they have to go to other dimensions to get the things they need to defeat their big bad. And so each dimension they go to is a different Powered by the Apocalypse game. Oh, that's
4: super cool. we We
3: teach you the games as we go through. Uh, and then we also make let's plays for um, smaller independent games uh, and companies as they launch their kickstarters or release their games. Um, so you can find all of that at thecritshowpodcast dot com.
0: Super
4: cool. Uh, and I'm Faye Onyx, and um, uh, I'm the creator of Magic Goes Awry, which is uh, kind of in its beta form right now and I'm hoping to release some of the cool plants and maybe kind of the outline of this adventure with this Uh, and I have a podcast called Writing Alchemy that has right now what we're focusing on is a a series of adventures that all feature um, characters with disabilities played by people with disabilities creating stories that um basically have realistically portrayed disabled characters. So those are my main projects. And um, yeah, I hope that you all enjoyed uh, this adventure and that you all enjoyed listening and uh, enjoy the rest of International Podcast Month. Do we all want to say goodbye together? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. We
2: we can try. Okay. (laughs) Mm.
4: I'll I'll do a countdown. Okay, (laughs) three, two, one, bye. 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 (laughs) Okay, that's gonna be funny. (laughs) Audio editing and sound design were done by me, Faye Onyx. Because I forgot to give my links when I was talking earlier, I'm going to give them now. You can find me on Twitter at writing alchemy, and you can find all of my work at writingalchemy.net, where you can also find a wide range of resources, including accessibility resources for tabletop role-playing games. Transcription was done by the wonderful folks at Crit Show Studios, and the music and sound effect descriptions were added by the amazing Larcy. Most of the music was from Kevin McLeod at Incomtech.com. The other artists can be found at freemusicarchive.org. Sound effects were from freesound.org. Detailed music and sound effect credits can be found in the show notes, along with links to the extras, which include character sheets and plant descriptions, links to our game system, Magic Goes Awry, and all of the awesome podcast projects that were mentioned here.
0: Intro and outro music for all IPM episodes is composed by Benny James. Our graphic art and logo are by Matthias Grelli. You can support International Podcast Month by sharing and talking about the event and you can even buy our team members a coffee. Links are in the show notes. Follow us at PodMonth on Twitter and use the hashtag #PodMonth2020. Head on over to internationalpodcastmonth.com for the month-long blog and for more information about the event. International Podcast Month, celebrating creators, sharing listeners.